Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. Damien Abraham. Jesse, I got to thank you for having me here because I get to impress my eldest best buddy, Henry, who's a huge, huge fan of Canada Land. So anytime I can impress one of my kids' friends, you know what it's like. You, you, need, those, you need those wins. I'm excited for Henry, too. This is a big day for Henry. Uh, Damien Abraham, host of the Turned Out a Punk podcast, uh, Latter-day Saint of punk rock, singer in the band <laughs> Fucked Up, uh, a bunch of other things, Area Dad. Welcome to Shortcuts. I'm excited to have you here. Today, we are going to talk about a few things. CBC finally takes care of business and takes Randy Backman's vinyl tap out behind the woodshed with a rifle. I am not planning to be classy about this. Uh, also, an open secret no more. Canada Land reveals the journalist who's been covering Ontario Premier Doug Ford while he's been living with Doug Ford's press secretary. Apparently, covering this story is something that we should be very ashamed of ourselves for, and yet somehow we are not. Eager to get into it with you. Oh yes, definitely on this one. This episode is brought to everybody by Christopher Baker, Jean-Viev Forsyth, Andrew Etheridge, Summer Gravely, Alastair Scott, Jessica Beard, Evan Klim, and Ben Schmidt. My name is Ben Schmidt, and I work at a video game studio in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I first started listening to Canada Land to hear Jesse's hot takes and to get a rough understanding of what was going on in the news. But the more I've listened, the more I've realized how important the work being done at Canada Land is. 
Commons, Thunder Bay, and the rest of the Canada Land network of shows have done an incredible job of unearthing important stories and helping me understand this country. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the weekend and Randy's Vinyl Tap. Put on your seatbelts. We are taking a ride down the vinyl highway and we are kind of crossing rivers. Songs featuring rivers and about rivers. I could say get in your boat or get in your swimsuit or get in your car. Put on your seatbelt. Put on your life jacket. Put on your seatbelts. We're continuing our ride down the vinyl highway and we're smiling all the way and maybe somebody in the back seat's kissing. The show is on smiles and kisses. We are doing a show on can and can't, and uh, I want to tell you that I can see clearly now. <laughs> wow, <laughs> sixteen years of that. Um, so, Damien Randy Bachman's Vinyl Tap has come to an end on CBC Radio One. Randy is not going quietly. He's upset, man. Well, they, they never do, right? Like that's the whole thing: is no one ever wants to make a graceful exit, and I just. I don't know, like maybe if I was in his position, uh, I'd feel the same way. I probably would, to be honest. But I think at the same time, like, how can you not see that there's there's really a place needed on CBC radio for, you know, a new, fresh, young voice that kind of reflects the audience that I'm sure the CBC wants to pick up? I don't know. There's just so much more he could have done with that format. There was, there was so much more he had to say. I mean, I, I'm told that Randy had an idea for a whole episode uh, about songs um, in, 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 that had the word the in the title. You know, <laughs> we're never going to get to hear that episode. He had an idea for an episode about bands in which only one member of the band has a mustache. What are those songs? I want to hear them. He wanted to do a vinyl tap all about rock songs that had cowbell in them. <laughs> No, sorry. He actually did that. He actually did that twice. He had two episodes about songs with cowbell in them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Damien, I don't know where to begin. I have so many things to say. This is what Randy Bachman had to say. Uh, He had to say that this was not fair. Losing his show on the CBC was like somebody saying to him, hey, I like your new haircut, and you go, thanks, and then that person hits you over the head with a shovel. Dude, no one said I like your haircut. It was just the shovel part. (laughs) And even if they did, it was probably 16 years ago. And if you have the same haircut for 16 years, mind you, this is coming from a bald person. So please bear that in mind. But, you know, change it up. Like shave the head. You'd probably be bald by now if you if it was 16 years ago and they're coming on that haircut. 16 years he did this thing. Oh my and and you know, I obviously have thoughts about this and have had thoughts for a while. Not everybody, you know, we were talking about this with uh, our, our producer Tiffany and she's like, "Randy who?" And it was actually a useful exercise to try to explain what the hell this is to somebody. And so, first of all, I was able to just be like, you know, uh, taking care of business. And I go, you know, American woman. She goes, yeah. I'm like, well, that's him. A minor rock guy from the 60s who happens to be Canadian so he can come back to Canada and just do this endless victory lap going around and around, phoning it in, noodling on his guitar. But anyhow, just trying to explain this. Okay, so Jesse, I was asked, what does he mean by vinyl tap? Is that like um, is that like a parody of Spinal Tap? I'm like, yeah, I guess it is. Not really. He's not making fun of Spinal Tap. And Spinal Tap itself is a parody or satire, yeah. like, and actually a good one. But I guess... I guess, Damien, the idea was that he's going to tap into his vast archives of vinyl 
and he's going to use like he is this like high rock god who has all of these personal stories of his rock relationships and has an encyclopedic knowledge of rock and he's going to go into his archives and play us rare cuts and motherfucker never did like no. it was the most obvious shit it was just like yeah. and and that guy who i met turned out to be ringo starr's cousin blonk 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 and and then he would just play yellow submarine or something well, like, that's the thing. Like, you brought that cowbell episode. I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that he didn't have any raw power cuts in it. Like, the best Italian hardcore band that also used a cowbell. Like, it's it's the same stuff over and over again. And there's there's definitely a place. Like, the guy is a rock legend, and there's a place for him on rock radio. But it's so weird to watch CBC. Like, I talk to American friends now, and for the first time in my life, well, maybe since Kids in the Hall and before that SCTV, but I was too young for to experience that with SCTV, but they want to talk to me about Canadian comedies because CBC is doing really well with the TV thing. They're doing really well with the podcast thing, but it's just like CBC radio just feels like it's it's in a time warp sometimes. Like we have the biggest rock star, like not rock star, music star, pop star of a generation from Toronto, mm -hmm. you know, and there's so many artists that are exploding huge around the world from this city. But if you listen to the CBC, you probably not really know with the odd exception of some shows. But like you like, you know, like they're, they're, that slot should be for someone a little more contemporary. I'm with you and we're going to talk about that, but I'm not done shitting on Randy Bachman just yet. <laughs> yeah. 16 years, Damien, 16 years. Let me have this. Okay. The guy was, a, he didn't double dip, he triple dip. Every time he plays his own fucking music on that show, he gets paid, right? Yeah. So oh, the, yeah. the theme music of the show was, it was his stuff and it was his most famous riff. It wasn't even like he was like, here's something that I wish people knew more about. No. Was it taking care of business? Was that the riff? And then he would find a way to play more of his stuff on the show. Like somehow his themes and the themes... He wouldn't even come up with those themes. This is these are songs with blue in the title. Listeners would send them and he couldn't even be bothered to do that. And then his like his wife was on the show, his son was producing it. He was like literally phoning it in from like Salt Spring Island, like just a cliche. Just epitomizing, personifying the unkillable boomer, just the stranglehold on our culture. Like and you bring up like this stuff like he's playing the same stuff that is on steady rotation on classic rock radio. Like, you know, so first of all, you got this thing where CBC is supposed to be a place for other stuff. Then CanCon writ large is supposed to be about protecting us from American culture. So we're going to like have like designated spaces for our own stuff. And yet it just keeps reaffirming American culture because it's like somebody goes off and has a couple of hits in America and then they've got it made for life in Canada. And it's just this deference to American culture and on and on I can and will go. But yes, Let's be contemporary. Like, actually, shitting on Randy Bachman is 15 years old. So, yeah. uh, th like, the, the current thing is, like, you say that CBC Radio 1 needs to get with it. They're actually moving backwards in time because there was a time when CBC Radio 1, you know, they, they have a limited amount of space for music and for music. And really, like, let's use that to expose people to new Canadian music. But they have also a core audience. There was a time when... You know, grandparents could listen to opera or classical music on CBC, and then the boomers who were the main audience could listen to, like, all of their nostalgic hits that would get interspersed into, like, Enright's show and stuff like that. And then you could stay up late and listen to Brave New Waves. Mm -hmm. And there were, like, you know, people had different status, and you knew where you stood based on which time slot you got. But that kind of felt cool, too, you know? Like, yeah, if I wait up late long enough, and that's that's that was important to people, especially if you didn't have access to, like, underground or independent culture, you'd stay 
up late to listen to Brave New Waves and get exposed to stuff. So they were there. They were kind of like servicing different audiences and they abandoned that. Now I'm afraid they lost the plot because I agree with you. Who's going to get that Randy Bachman slot? I think this should be a rotating slot. And you don't do it like every week because having been through a, a guest slot on the CBC on on the main show, it is it is really it is a it is a grinder. It will chew you up. So I think give someone like a month there, but allows a different artists to come in and expose people to different types of music. Like you're saying, Brave New Waves is a, is an institution, and people still bring it up on the podcast when I'm talking to the people that got to experience it as being like a key kind of outreach for for different types of music and it could be something that changes and make it exciting and bring in all these different artists that are making waves around the world for doing incredible things and just bring them into the fold more and yeah like and and do the same thing that vinyl tap was doing maybe a little more high energy but with with like all different types of stuff here are the, the challenges from a cbc programmer point of view okay they have kind of bifurcated and balkanized their services you know, it used to be Radio 1, then Radio 2. Now they've got, like, at one point thought that they could actually compete with, like, Spotify and Pandora in the early days of streaming services. And they launched CBC Music with the intent that they could actually, um, Songza, was, was, there were all these, like, kind of, you know, proto-music streaming sites. And CBC mm-hmm. was like, let's get in on this. And they're still running that. Right. So you've got mm-hmm. like CBC music has all these channels and they actually are like tune in. It's like a college radio thing where like tune in at this time for the black music show and then tr- tune in at this time for the world music show, which is not how people really listen to music anymore. And I would be very curious to see the listenership numbers because they've got like lots of resources dedicated to supporting this CBC music thing. Um, and there might be great stuff there, but I don't listen to it and I'm not sure how many people do. Then you've got podcasts where CBC has, has, uh, definitely, um, created a presence for itself and built an audience, but podcast licensing rights, like you can tell that Randy thinks that there might be like a second life for vinyl, vinyl tap on podcasts. Callie Anderson <laughs> said this on Twitter. She joked, who's going to be the one to tell him you can't play full songs on podcast, like the licensing <laughs> regime. You, you can't just go play an old Beatles song on a podcast. So I don't know if that's going to work out for Randy. And then they've got like, like every uh, radio station, they want they would rather have listeners on their app. So they've got the CBC Listen app where they can play music programming. But that's not how people are listening to stuff either. Mm-hmm. People are on Spotify or people are just on the wide open internet getting their podcasts from their favorite podcatcher. It's a tricky you know, universe. And that prime real estate of Radio 1, because they haven't actually cared about younger listeners or cultivated that – it's kind of like, yes, I feel like that spot should go to somebody great um, or maybe a, a number of great people who not only are going to play interesting stuff, but like I do like hearing smart people talk about music that they love. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a winning radio format since like radio began. But if they did that, would anyone listen? Are young people even listening to Radio 1 anymore? I don't know. I think there's a way to do it where it does become a podcast. You know, uh, Danko Jones, uh, who, full disclosure, is a friend of mine. But on his podcast, he does, like, a, these obscure band episodes every once in a while where he does just play a snippet of their song and then discusses the band. And I love those episodes, you know. And I think that could work for this format of show as a podcast. But I think build it and they will come back, hopefully, you know, like in the same way that the BBC – evolved and and constantly started trying to put out different things and having these different shows and having these different artists come in and, and, and yeah, like make it something cool playing in the band. I get to travel around the world. And and a lot of times because the band I'm in go figure is not that popular, but a lot of times where we play is at, you know, uh, state run radio stations Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, these types of, you know, college type funded facility type things. And, 
it's always amazing when you go to these places, you know, and you get to, you know, play live sets and you get to check out these shows that these people have. And we can have that too. Like we have this incredible history of music, like Canadian music. If you look at the surface, yes, it's incredibly boring. Like the history of it. I mean, but if you start digging down, Oh my gosh, it's exciting. There's all sorts of crazy weird stuff like Neil Young testifying for hash dealers and like in their defense, I mean, but like also blasphemy, uh, allegedly going to war with Nazis because they were anti-fascist black metal dudes like Mm. in Vancouver. Like there's all this incredible history, but you wouldn't know. (laughs) Like you hear the same BTO songs over and over again. I think that's a cool idea. I think that, you know, you can play uh, excerpts, little snippets of stuff uh, on podcasts under the fair dealing exception. And I think that, uh, you know, like leaving people thirsty for more and like, you know, uh, or, or or directly getting permission from from acts is, is maybe a good way of like crossing that hurdle. You know, you bring up the BBC. You know what the BBC has, Damien? Money, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they do. But they also have a rule that if you're a musician hosting a radio show, you can't play your own shit. <laughs> That's a great rule. <laughs> Damien, uh, we like to duly note things uh, that otherwise people might not uh, know about. What do you got? Well, recently uh, I watched this documentary, and this is something that I think a lot of people are talking about um, as far as you know, entertainment and infotainment, I should say. It's an HBO documentary called Q Into the Storm. And, uh, I, I, th- I, you know, I'm one of these people that, you know, obviously is not someone who believes in any of the Q anon stuff that was going down online and has been going down online for the last few years and kind of just ignored it, you know? And I think in the wake of what happened with the insurrection and looking at this sort of like terrorist attempted coup and how many of these people were rocking this Q merch, I think we need to be talking about a little bit more outside of like, you got to check out this documentary on HBO and just bring it into sort of like a, a, a bigger conversation because the way that this movement has played on white fragility and, and sort of the overactive imagination of people online and just being able to weaponize that the things and the themes that are brought up in this documentary. And I think that are, are kind of brought to light by this thing that's kind of happening are, are constant themes that we're going to be dealing with going forward. I'm going to check that out. I, I've been thinking about that and just how that like absolutely insane thing happened. And now it's like, it's just forgotten. You know, there's another podcast I listen to sometimes called behind the bastards. And they had this really well-timed episode about um, Hitler's beer hall putsch. Mm-hmm. You know, after this insurrection in Washington, they're like looking at this early attempt by Hitler and the and the early Nazis to to seize power, and it was like laughable. It was a farce. It was very silly. They they fucked it all up. They got caught. Hitler went to jail, and it became kind of a joke. And this moment after a bunch of clowns on really stupid ideology bungle an attempt to overthrow the government, and you think, okay, well, you know, that was kind of scary for a second, but the threat is gone. <laughs> you know, and the threat what the threat wasn't gone. And those people who went to Washington, they they believe the same things that they that they believe then. Uh, you know, they, they they've been uh, I think roundly criticized and mocked, but they still exist. They're still out there. I think like when I was watching the documentary, some of the themes that I kind of found were really pertinent to this sort of conversation is what is and isn't news, and and what isn't isn't media at this point. And at one point we had a baseline for better or for worse, right? When we had like a six o'clock news situation, but now it's, it's fascinating watching this documentary 
looking at the right, the, you know, fascist right, taking these tools and using themselves, like producing their own alternative media sources and producing their own fake news. And it's, it's really something to see that drawn out and also just how linear it is, how it all goes back to something awful, that website that we were all sent terrible links from in the early 2000s, I think it was even maybe in the late 90s, and just how linear this thing is and how this free speech quagmire has been bubbling up on the internet for so long now that we are, we're now faced with this idea like there has to be, uh, sadly, limits on free speech at this point because people are just running wild. Not that I'm in favor of of shunning and censoring the internet because I think that could be weaponized against marginalized voices. But at the same time, it's just, it's just terrifying to see how this freedom is manipulated to make people do terrible things. Duly noted. I would like to duly note something. I'd like to duly note a, a really curious news story that ran in the Ottawa Citizen uh, written by Gary Dimmick. I don't know my Ottawa local media characters, uh, but it's about one. It's about J.J. Clark, longtime weatherman, Ottawa's favorite weatherman who retired in 2020. And you learn in this piece, most of the piece is dedicated to all of the great charity work that J.J. Clark has done, this this beloved local weatherman, all the events he spoke at, how, how much everybody appreciates him. But the reason why there's an article about him is because he's been charged with criminal harassment. And... That is sort of like dealt with in, in news speak, news copy early on in the story. He's charged with seven counts of harassment, including alleged threats that left three complainants fearing for their lives. Holy. He referenced Ottawa Valley killer Basil Barutsky in a haunting video message to these three people. None of that is really explained in the piece, except a little bit of an insinuation that maybe the, 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 the people who are um, alleging that they were threatened by this are maybe overstating their case, it's implied in this piece. So I'll read here. You know, the video message was received by three people and was taken so seriously that police seized the retired weatherman's hunting rifles. Oh, so dude had rifles. And then it just, you know, it should be noted he hasn't been charged with any firearm offenses. Uh, The harassment charges have yet to be proven in court. And then it goes on a very sympathetic story about how he's had to fight against alcohol addiction and that he's really trying to protect his good name. Um, And he's he's fallen on hard times, but he's a local hero. He's had a hard time in prison. It even gets into detail about how he didn't even complain about the mushy salmon he had to eat in prison. And uh, (laughs) we're all pulling for this guy. He's been very fucking lonely. That's in the story. There's just a, a, a kind of an absurd level of detail about this guy's plight. And it's not that I don't have human feeling for somebody who's going through a hard time, but I kind of want to know about the death threats, the alleged death threats. I kind of want to know what do the alleged victims have? Like, it's just not clear. What is clear is that there's a lot of good feeling for this guy, which seems to be shared by Gary Dimmick, who wrote this piece about this famous weatherman, J.J. Clark. That's a terrifying story. Duly noted. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, 
and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. Damien, can I tell you a, a long and winding story from the world of uh, Ontario's parliamentary press? I love stories. Okay. Once upon a time, uh, Doug Ford was straining his relationship with the media in the way that he, uh, his press secretary would call on certain select people to ask questions. And uh, a sense was building that this was not necessarily a fair process. And that came to a head last week when Doug Ford held a press conference and, and uh, you know, just in the random selection that his press secretary, Ilyana Yelich, was, was picking people, a couple questions came in from different um, ethnic media sources, uh, Prime Asia, and then uh, Canadian Punjabi Post, um, which are both certainly, um, you know, uh, organizations that are valid organizations that should be asking our premier questions. But, but there are some extenuating circumstances here, Damien. Uh, the nature of the questions was a little curious. Prime Asia TV asked. Uh, Premier, uh, won't it be um, uh, right to say like uh, opposition parties, they are uh, mi uh, giving misinformation in the community. So the first question was like shitting on Doug Ford's political enemies. Uh, that's a nice question for Doug Ford to answer. He was happy to answer that. And then his secretary called upon Jagdish Grewal, who is a reporter with the Canadian Punjabi Post, but is also a former candidate for Doug Ford's party and a buddy of Doug Ford's. Like, they, they, Doug Ford went to his barbecue. And here's the question that Greywall asked. While previous governments have forgotten us, Premier Yu, Minister Sarkaria, MPP Sandhu have finally delivered hope to Bramptonians. My question is simple. What has pushed your government to finally make Brampton a priority? Wow, uh, that's, a, that's a really burning question. Is Why are you so great when it comes to Brampton, Doug Ford? And um, the reporters, I think, got a little bit testy, the other reporters. And CBC's Shanifa Nasser sent an email to Ivan Yelich asking, like, what's going on here? Seriously. 
And, uh, you know, I hate to use overused terminology like gaslighting, but um, Ivana Yelich wrote back basically saying, what's wrong with us calling on the Punjabi press? What's wrong with us calling on the ethnic press? Are you a racist, Shanifa Nasser? And that was just like, fuck off. It was just it was just a step too far for a lot of people because they all have been aware of an open secret when it comes to the question of, is this fair? Does Doug Ford play favorites with the press? Does Ivana Yelich play favorites with the press? Everybody has been very polite sitting on the knowledge that Ivana Yelich lives with Brian Lilly, who is the columnist slash reporter for the Toronto Sun, who covers Doug Ford. He covers Doug Ford, and he covers Doug Ford with headlines like, thank God Ford is in charge, rather than Horvath or Del Duca. He covers Doug Ford with headlines like, Ford speaks up for the little guy. And his romantic life partner is Doug Ford's press secretary. And everybody in those circles knew it, but the public did not know it. Brian Lilly's readers did not know it. And Simone Racanelli, a newsreader, had had enough, and she tweeted out, like, fuck, enough of this. Everyone knows this. And that is the series of circumstances, Damien, that led to us uh, reporting on this. It had been uh, disclosed, reported on before by Frank in kind of a gossip context. We have been aware of it, and our reporter, Jonathan Goldsby, wanted to report it the way that a reporter reports it, by verifying it. He did, I think, an overly exhaustive job of tracking what we could tell about with our addresses. Uh, He actually used Instagram photos where they, they took photos of the same cottage dock and the same dog. You know, he wanted to be absolutely sure that these two people lived together before he went with something like that. Mm. But we reported it and, oh my God, Doug Ford's people lost their minds and they lashed out at Jonathan and me too a little bit, but mostly Jonathan in a way that was absolutely repulsive. Cody Matthew Welton, Doug Ford's chief of staff, called Jonathan Goldsby a disgusting human being, a cave dweller of a human being who looks like he's never had the physical embrace from a partner. And uh, I guess that's relevant because somehow he he hates Brian Lilly's love. He hates the fact that Brian Lilly and Yelich are in love uh, because he is deprived of love. I can attest, by the way, I have met uh, Jonathan Goldsby's life partner and uh, have, have seen him be embraced, though not in a biblical sense. So I, I feel like there's a fact-checking issue with Cody Matthew Welton. Um, this is just like absolutely gross behavior from, from the government. You know, and they came after me too, saying, oh, Jesse Brown complained when the We Charity targeted his family but today he let Goldsby go into the private life of Brian Lilly and I should be ashamed of myself. Not exactly analogous uh, circumstances. I think he and Ivana Yelich, I, I wish them every happiness in the world, but this is a news story. You know, this is, this is a very clear conflict of interest that people should know. And, and I'll end the story with this, okay? And then I want to hear what you have to say about all this. Mm. Almost everybody in the press came to... Jonathan Goldsby's defense. And I think that this is one of these cases where you want to see reporters close ranks and say, "Uh uh-uh, you don't go after the reporter. Fuck off. Absolutely not. This story was valid. This is gross. This is not how the government that claims to have respect for journalists should be acting. Some newsreaders were saying, so all of my faves, all of my reporters knew about this and nobody told me? You know, a lot of people were saying, like, I read Brian Lilly and I also read, uh, you know, 
CTV's news coverage. CTV's Colin DeMello is the president of the Queen's Park Press Gallery. He knew about this relationship and he didn't report it. Glenn McGregor, politics reporter Glenn McGregor, knew about this and didn't report it. And I want to just note, Glenn McGregor tweeted, where should I have reported this in your view? We don't generally do craft stories on the national news about the personal conflicts of tabloid columnists. It was reported publicly in Frank over a year ago and now in Canada land, which seems like the right place. So dude is actually making it like a virtue. Like I would not, I would not lower myself, me, a national news reporter to cover the tabloid shenanigans and personal conflicts that belongs in Frank and Canada land. I couldn't believe I was reading this in 2021. Like that is like an attitude of the press that I was very very quick to criticize in 2013 when, when I launched Canada and that snootiness or that idea that like, oh, I was doing you a favor, my, my reader, by not lowering both of us to have to deal with these little details. It's better that you don't know that stuff. I mean, come on, buddy. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I don't know. Like I've always run into the assumption that the sun is in bed with the conservatives at every, since I was a little kid, you know, like it's always felt like there was this sort of like quid pro quo kind of relationship between these two organizations, like the Mike Harris years. It is just something that I've always felt was there. And if it wasn't a big deal, why didn't they disclose it? You know, like it's one of those things that he is obviously biased. Like you listen to that press conference, everyone he's picking on is they're not giving him a question. Every journalist that he calls on in that Doug Ford press conference that you mentioned off the top clearly has like a, 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 you know, a talking point to feed him. Like there's nothing like even, I think the radio journalist who calls at the end, who gives him the softball question about pharmacies and, and COVID vaccine distribution, like no one gets to actually hold this guy accountable. And of course they go to bully tactics when they're called out for stuff, because that's probably what they are, you know? Because like, they're a bunch of fucking bullies. Yeah, they're just bullies. And they try to act differently because it's like a compassionate time right now and and, the, and it's like this incredible strain to seem like they're really nice, but, but they're fucking bullies. Yeah, it's like the jock when he got caught for beating up the kid in school who's like, oh, let me help you up now, buddy, and while punching him in the stomach at the same time. Like anytime I see that dude do a press conference, that's all I think about. And now he's got that ridiculous jacket on and everything about this, to me, is a distraction from what's really going on here, which is like over half the schools have COVID cases right now. So they're shutting down schools all over downtown Toronto. Like, and they're trying to take money from these places and, and there's no money being put in. There's no plan in place. They're trying to reopen tattoo parlors and hair salons. Like it, it just feels like he gets to use this as something, you know, it just, everything about this is just like, of course they're going to try and make this as disgusting as possible because they want to prolong it. So we stop talking about what's really scary that they're really, really hurting us with right now. Before we even get into every area uh, that, that you bring up where, where like just set a baseline that you're going to be accountable to the press. Like mm -hmm. it is not the time for these shenanigans. It's not the time for fucking your own home homemade Ontario news. Now fake news, mock Doug Ford channel. It's not the time for these like really see through transparent ham fisted tactics of, of planting friendlies on the phone lines and, and uh, you know, in the gallery to ask you these stupid, obvious softball questions. Like it's not like I expect better or anything, you know? And, and I, and I guess they wouldn't be doing this stuff if it didn't work. But at a baseline, 
take questions from the press and we can maybe start to actually work towards something where there's like scrutiny or accountability. Because like this isn't just some like little conflict between reporters and government right now. The entire population is getting furious mm-hmm. and our job is to advocate for them and ask questions for them. Just let us do that as a as a bare minimum, you thugs. No, they're and they're and they're gonna continue to bully. And it's it's that's every story we've ever heard. And like this is the Canadian uh, you know, legitimized organized crime family or the Toronto organ legitimized organized, greater Toronto area legitimized organized crime family we've been dealing with for years like years we've been seeing these kind of like cronyism and this kind of like weird shenanigans and and all these kind of things they're trying to pull all these like sneaky moves and the bullying and the intimidation of the press like we've watched this happen like this is like like the sun have been in bed with the conservatives for years this has been happening with this family for as long as i can remember and it's just it just feels like enough's enough like this is too there's too much at stake now like not that it wasn't enough before but like we're we are risking thousands of lives thousands of lives with this kind of bullshit because he's and and he's just still playing the same games that's shortcuts for today you can email me about it at jesse at canadaland.com. I read everything you send. Uh, we are on Twitter at CanadaLand. Damien, where can people find you? Where can they find your podcast? I am at Left for Damien on uh, Twitter. You can find me also on Instagram if you want to see pictures of uh, punk stuff. And uh, my podcast is on all the usual platforms, and it's turned out a punk. And recently... Uh, Bill Hader was on, Daryl Jennifer from the Bad Brains was on, Bruce LaBruce was on. Um, so I have two Go-Go's that have been on. So I'm definitely not a lot of young people. <laughs> it's a lot of like a lot of legends, but not a lot of young people, but a lot of great stories. This is your own. This is Damien's Vinyl Tap. <laughs> doop, 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 doop. <laughs> Go to CanadaLand.com to read that news story from Jonathan Goldsby and to see Instagram pictures of Brian and Ivana's uh, dog. This episode is produced by Tiffany Lamb with additional production by Kevin Sexton. Our managing editor is Andrea Schmidt, and our theme music is by So Called. Syndication is by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at CFUV.ca. If you like what we do and you want to receive ad-free versions of all of our podcasts, please support us by hitting the link in our show notes or go to CanadaLand.com join. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.